Hi everybody, how you doing? It's Peter here and it's time for the PDG Advertising Podcast, episode 64. So it's been a while since the last podcast and a whole bunch of things have happened. Um, We, as a team, have gotten through the coronavirus pandemic. I know it's far from over, but things feel a lot less crazy than they did previously. Now, we're all still working from home. Um, by the way, it's the 12th of July here, 2020, and we it's the 13th of July. But in Northern Ireland, there's this big um, public holiday on the 12th of July. And if it lands on a Sunday, which it did yesterday then everybody's off work today. So gives me a little bit of space to create the PDG Advertising Podcast and tell you all about what's been going on. We, as I said, have gotten through the coronavirus pandemic. It was a really crazy time. If I take you back to uh, March, I was just back from a skiing holiday. And the skiing holiday was, was awesome, but it definitely uh, got marred a little bit with coronavirus you know as we were coming through airports uh, not touching things washing hands all fairly normal activities for anybody but whenever we actually got back we realized that it was probably a bit more serious than we thought and I think it was in the office for a couple of days when I said everybody look Let's get the jump on this and let's get out of here. And because we were wor- working in a shared office space, it, we had our own office, but we were sharing things like the kitchen, um, corridors and, and other places, lifts and reception. And, you know, you, you just can't safeguard yourself against other people's activities. I'm sure the three of us in the team, myself, Anthony and Nicole, could have um socially distanced for as long as we needed to you know in the office kind of it was a little bit small but but we definitely couldn't account for other people's activities in the in the overall office building so I thought look this is a good opportunity to test drill this and see look if we get locked down completely or locked down then we will be prepared that we have figured out how to work from home and you know it took a lot of getting used to to start off with and we all locked up the office and we went home and each of us are of our own home circumstances where there may be people around us or there's nobody around us. Everything comes with its own challenges. You know, if you have a space where you can be alone, you end up being alone and you need to find ways to combat that. If you find yourself in a space where there's a lot of people and there's noise and there's distractions, you have to find a way to combat that as well. So it was a really bizarre and mammoth task to to take those first steps into we're not going into a focused office environment anymore we're going to be autonomous and we're going to work together and really oddly that has done us the world of good to be able to to do that for whatever disaster this coronavirus pandemic has been specifically that being able to be agile and move um with an adapt to an environment that isn't normal is is really positive in in my eyes so we did that and then a couple of weeks in 
and the novelty <laughs> definitely wore off. Um, nobody had a haircut. Uh, going out to the shops was a bizarre experience. People were queuing up, and it, it was just really, really tough. And and I guess we decided we we're, were going to have to go through this now. While this was all happening, um, jobs were starting to be lost. Um, the proper lockdown had happened, and the um, news was just full of Italy being in a really dire situation, Europe being in a dire situation, knowing that we were just before this massive peak of coronavirus disaster. And what what we saw was places just crumbling, um, people being led off left, right and centre. And, and the team were really worried, and, and I was worried, to be honest. But I flipped into this kind of survival mode where I was like, right, well, this is where we are. What, what do we do? What have we got and what do we do? So I thought, look, there are some customers that are definitely going to have to um, slow down what they're doing because if they're a physical location, they can't be advertising for people to come in. So we're going to have to support our customers in that. Um, we had a real goal of 20 by 2020, which is 20 customers by 2020. And we really wanted to meet it. But I thought there's no way, there is no way um, that we're going to be able to meet that goal in this time whenever everything is just, the world seems to be just shutting down bit by bit. So we said, look, we've got to do the best for the customers that we have, weather the storm, see what we can do to do the best job we possibly can with what we have, and let's see how we go. And thankfully, the business was set up so that it had the resources and facilities to survive. You know, well, one thing I think is really important in business, and, and something that really affected me massively at the start of this coronavirus pandemic, was this speed at which a lot of people and business owners just shut down immediately and led people off. So just before people were able to be furloughed, I saw across Belfast um, a number of uh, companies just shutting down and cutting off their staff. And I was pretty affronted because whenever I saw that happen, I thought, what are we going to do to protect this? How can we protect this business? And how can we make sure that the the team are looked after and cared for. And this is before furlough. So we thankfully didn't have to furlough anybody. We didn't have to you know, do anything like that. And the companies that, that did jump first, I just really wonder, like you couldn't survive a couple of months. A couple of months sinks you. That's what happens. And I don't know if I'll be in a different mindset in the future, but I haven't changed my opinion on that. In business, I think you have to be prepared for the worst thing happening. I think you have to be prepared for all of your customers leaving and you have to be able to survive for six months in order to, um, I think, really look after your staff. I think a company that can't survive for a couple of months with its team is is a business that's that has to be failing. Now, I don't profess to be you know, an expert in business or anything like that. But I can just see from my own experience that my wonder one, one, one priority is that the business survives and grows. And what that means is looking after the team and making sure they're, they're, um, they're taken care of um, and looking after the customers and making sure they're care of, taken care of and just creating the right environment. It just feels a little bit cutthroat to me to um, immediately cut off your whole workforce or a massive percentage of your workforce, the second things get tough. And what's worse is I've seen the airtime that some of these companies that did this have got. In Belfast, 
and Northern Ireland. And I think it's wrong. And I think that I would rather celebrate the companies, not mine because we're small, but the companies that helped and adapted and supported their team throughout what was an incredibly tough time. So what we did was we communicated well. We had our Monday morning meetings. We caught up every morning to, to figure out what we were going to do for the rest of the day and how we we're going to adapt. And the weirdest thing happened. Um, our customers did not... Our customers did not leave us. Our customers, a couple of them had to slow down, but the majority of them did not leave us. And, and weirdly, we, had a weird, we have a weird mix of, an amazing mix of online customers and you know, people who um, are selling online already. And those that aren't started to sell online. So we started to do better than we were doing before. We started to get more orders. We started to get more customers. And, and about two weeks in or so, I started to think, huh, actually coping all right with this I still wasn't sure and I thought I wonder if now is the time to push the button and start to say look we are going to meet this um 20 by 2020 goal that we've had so our goal was to make 20 have 20 customers by the 20th of June 2020 coronavirus came along we thought wow that's going to be difficult but then two weeks in we thought hmm things are going a little bit better here let's see if we can make this and we actually did it on the 19th of June 2020 we had 20 customers and we've grown even since then, which is quite incredible. So I'm really pleased that we've gotten through this coronavirus first wave of this pandemic. I'm concerned about a second wave. I think we probably all could have done with a little bit more lockdown and a little bit more seriousness on it um, for some time until we can figure that out. But I understand that the economy needs to get going and that people are probably going stir crazy and that I've we as a team, have been one of the lucky um, companies that have been able to um, get through this relatively unscathed. And yeah, that's where, where it leaves us off. Now, now during, during this whole pandemic, during all the stress of that, we also have moved offices. So we've left the City East building and in Newton Arts, in Newton Arts Road, and we're moving to Portadown um, in Northern Ireland. So Portadown's a little market town, um, reasonably rural it's got some great shops in it and you know it's got some great cafes and great restaurants and um, it's a pretty small small town it's got a couple of shopping centers in it as well um it's very close to where the three of our northern ireland team members are from so uh, we thought rather than having a space in belfast that's very very expensive but totally suited our needs up to now and was really really good to us um the city east company i would city east, city east enterprises or east belfast enterprise is really really is a really really good um business and it's a good place for people to you know set themselves up but um we needed somewhere that was going to allow us to expand and now we've got a, a bigger office in the middle of Portadown. um i'm really excited about it the team are really excited about it there's some carpet going well carpet being taken up tomorrow and then carpet being put in on uh, at the start of next week and then we'll start to put in some furniture and get moving with that. But it's a really exciting time for PDG advertising because we're on the move, our customers are going up and we're now starting to look for our fourth uh, team member and there'll be more news to come about that in the in the coming week. So yeah, that's where we are at PDG advertising. It's been a sort of roller coaster of, of about two months. I think I did a, an episode about a month ago and I wanted to update on how things were going as we're documenting our journey going going forward. Now, 
that that's the intro. What I'm going to do now is over the course of the last month, I've taken down some things that um, have really um, stuck out in terms of digital advertising, um, and and I'd love to share them share them with you. At PDG Advertising, we do a lot of email marketing, and it's really uh, amazing to me how much email marketing we still do in 2020. I guess across the course of a week, we send out maybe 500,000 emails on behalf of customers, and that number keeps on growing because we help customers put emails into their databases, and then we help um, people to email those customers that we've put into the system. And, and that uh, overall life cycle of a customer where one, you're gaining their email address and two, you're building up a relationship with them via email it is quite incredible. But one of the things that always comes out is, well, when are we going to send this email? When is a good time to, to send this email? And I got to say that there's a real spectrum of what our customers do, but we always lean towards sending the email before 9am in the morning. And there's not a massive amount of science to back it up. There's a feeling sometimes with emails. So there's a little bit of instant gratification that whenever you send out an email that it, it starts to generate sales or it starts to generate traffic. And whenever it does that, we get a kind of a feeling that that was the right time to send it out or, or it wasn't. So what, what we see across the board is that if you're sending out an email campaign through MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, Entreport, any of those systems, it's usually better to send it out early, better to send it out in the morning. And, and I think that's so that it's in the customer's email inbox, so that it's one of the first things that they see um, whenever they log in in the morning. Um, instead of it being one of the last things they get towards the end of the day, I think there's probably a psychological thing in there. In terms of when to send the email, I guess, uh, in terms of what day to send the email, I guess it matters when, what day you send it in terms of what industry you're in. So if you're in health and wellness, I don't think there's ever a bad day. Like Sunday can be a good day preparing for the week. Saturday can be a good day as you're in the weekend, um, Wednesday can be a good day in the middle of the week, and Monday can be a good day, you know, at the start of the week. So there's a there's a reasonable um, case to be made for emails being able to be sent any any day. But if you're in a business to business setup, probably best to stay away from the weekends, and probably maybe best to have it early on Monday morning, or early Tuesday, or early Wednesday morning. I think as as with this, as with everything else, it's about taking into account what the user wants and how the user is behaving and what's going on in their world um, that will dictate the correct time to send out your, your email, along with some testing. Why not try to send it out at midnight on a Friday and see what happens and compare that to what happens on 9 a.m. on a Monday? Um, nothing set in stone. Nothing needs to be, you must do it on this date at this time. Everything is flexible and everything is able to be tested and looked at from several different different viewpoints. So flexibility, but likely in early in the morning is, is the best time for your emails. Something else that I've learned across the course of the last few weeks, and I knew it already, but it really solidified across the course of the last month or two, 
is you can't ask to get married on the first date. You've got to take some time and have a little bit of patience with things. So lead generation on Facebook, even for e-commerce stores, is really important. And we're getting really good at that at PDG Advertising. So I talked a little bit about when the best time to send an email out is, but you can't really send an email if you're not bringing in email addresses from your target demographic. And how we're doing it right now is using Facebook to put out adverts to drive people to either a landing page or a lead form on Facebook. And we're pulling in email addresses that usually under a pound or under a dollar per email address coming in. And look, not everybody's going to sign up or not everybody's going to purchase the product after that. But at around a dollar or under a pound per email address, um, because 100 pounds gets you 100 email addresses, that's 100 potential customers. And whenever you get their email address, you can then remarket to them over and over and over again for for free until they <laughs> purchase or unsubscribe from you, I guess. But but that's one of the most important things is the first step in connecting with people right now, even in 2020, is sending out an advert on Facebook, Google, Tabula, TikTok, wherever, and asking people for their email address. And to get their email address, you usually have to add some sort of value to their world. It's like people are savvy these days. They don't want to just hand over their personal data to you. But you can make it really appealing. So some of our customers will um, have some sort of a discount offer. Or if you hand over your email address, they'll go into a little bit more of an in-depth consultation. Um, not a free consultation. I think a free consultation is the worst of these because... People know that a free consultation isn't of any value. Have you ever went to a company that you've wanted to speak to and they've charged for the consultation? Maybe some do, maybe medical and, and things like that, maybe they do, but um, others don't. Like We know that free consultation is just a trick. I think you actually have to give away a little bit for free first to gain trust and to stick out in front of the competition. And actually, whenever you do something for free, add value so that people will trust you the next time to uh, to work with them. So in order to get an email address, adding a little bit of value, sending people to a landing page that works or creating a lead form that's smart and doesn't overload people with questions is the, is the definite right idea. And then after that, you've got the email address of the people. You can now start to get in touch with them, converse with them, get to know them and figure out you know what it is that you can provide them and how you can adapt your services to support uh, these newfound customers. I think something that customers always want to know, uh, prospective customers, customers that have been with us for a while and all of our customers want to know that we're optimizing the adverts correctly for them. So I guess there's there's no real right or wrong answer here, but, but what there is is a system that we have in place that helps to make sure that our customers are getting the best bang for their buck. <laughs> That's a phrase that is thrown around a lot um, at PDG Advertising. So we're always trying to do more with 
less. And I think that's a real, um, really important part of online advertising these days. Everything has switched. So back in back whenever you were doing billboards or newspapers, like you put an ad in the newspaper and it saw like it got in front of twenty thousand people in a in a circulation or maybe more, but it wasn't targeted at all. And it there's a lot of spillage and a lot of waste there. It's like now because we have so much data on the people that are seeing the ads, we want zero waste and we want to get to the right in front of the right best people, um, every single time. And it it's not going to. Like you're not going to get in front of the best person every single time, but what we're trying to do is get in front of the right people more often than not. So and and in every revolution and in every evolution of the adverts, we want to get better and better at it. And the only way that we can do that is through our system of check, optimize, change, check, optimize, change. So we look at the adverts on a daily basis. We see what their performance has been. Um, as to the day before, uh, today, like on a Monday, we actually look back across the past seven days to see how we've performed against the previous seven days and see what is going on in there. And and that daily check lets us know whether or not we're meeting the goals that we've set out in the adverts and the objectives that we've set out with the customer. So there's a lot there's a lot to it like it's not just going in and looking at an advert we're going in and looking at it and saying are we meeting the goal and a goal could be purchases at under five dollars per purchase or email addresses at under four dollars per purchase so if if we're meeting that goal um it doesn't even mean that everything's okay it doesn't mean that you can <laughs> you cannot do anything so if, if we're meeting the goal then we want to look for ways to scale so we want to either do better or we want to, to scale. So if a customer is happy at purchases for uh, $2 or $3 or $5 or $50 and we're meeting that on a consistent basis, then I'll say, right, how do we scale up that uh, campaign? And it's not always as simple as just increasing the budget. Sometimes doing that can kill your campaign. But that's on the side when things are going well. Whenever things are going badly and things aren't working, maybe at the start of a campaign, whenever you're getting used to it, you know, there's a certain amount of trial and error that needs to take place. And that, let's be honest, it can take maybe a month, maybe two months before you really dial in the adverts to where you want them to be. So there's a bunch of going in, check, optimize, change, and check, review, optimize, and change. Um, I think the most important thing is showing up and checking and letting the client know exactly what you're doing and saying, look, this isn't really working, we want to change this up, or, or this looks like it's working better than this, so let's move towards that direction uh, and try again as we as we go forward. Uh, and that usually helps. Now, some of the things we do optimize um, fairly regularly are like creatives, so trying to figure out what the best image is or what the best text is. Then other things are trying to figure out the best audience, um, the best age range, the best demographics, those types of things, and maybe even the best objective a time can be something. Objectives are like if you want leads or if you want traffic or you want reach. Um, changing up those things, monitoring and reviewing day-to-day performance and week-to-week performance can usually you can usually end you up in a better position than you were seven days ago. And then you can even take a step back and say, well, how were we a month ago and how are we now? And, and making that comparison really does get you on a path to consistently meeting client goals and delivering a, an environment that works really, 
really well. And, and that's what we do whenever we're, we're optimi- optimizing our adverts for customers. I think one of the things that I do every day as a business owner is <laughs> I want, I'm a bit of a control freak. I want to be on top of everything. And I need to be quite smart with how I spend my time because you can really go down a, a rabbit hole online. You know, it, distractions are everywhere. And I, and I think that I, am, I must be on some sort of spectrum of ADHD or something like that with um, the ability, inability to focus for long periods of time without distractions. And my phone distracts me. The internet distracts me. I saw a black cat out in the garden earlier chasing rabbits and tried to chase it away. And that was distracting me as well. But um, I thought I'd share what I do to move that distraction out and make things a little bit uh, quieter in order to, to work better. Um, so number one, I'll make a list. So lists are a really big part of what we do. So I'm really big on making sure our customers get what we promise. So I have a list of all the things that we've promised and I have a list of all of our customers and I go through that every single day for all of our customers to make sure that we've done what we say that we'll do. Um, I'll go around and I'll connect with my team on a daily basis as well, just to check in and see how they're getting on. And um, throughout the day, I, may, I, make it, I try to make it really, really clear to all the team is that my door is completely and always open. Um, when I say door in lockdown, that means the phone is always open. So whenever they call, they know that they'll um, get me and get the time to go through anything. Um, that might not always be the case. You know, it'll be hard whenever we're a lot, lot bigger to be that available. But right now we're small and we can enjoy that and we can, you know, you know do that. But the list is really good. Like making the list is, is important. And we don't always get through the list every day, but um, a lot of the times we come pretty close to perfect days and, and we get everything done that we need to do. Um, I've just been flicking through my book and every day looks <laughs> the same um except for the amount of customers just keeps on growing and growing so um having a list really helps to organize and coordinate my day and and gives me i suppose at the end of it it gives me a sense of well i've done everything i've done everything that i needed to do today um and now i can go and pursue whatever it is that i that i need to content that my customers are well looked after content that the team are well looked after uh, and then anything else is just icing on the top uh, for the day for me so yeah that's what we do in terms of organization and, and getting stuff done so i think before we wrap up i want to tell you a little bit about a book that i'm reading right now and it, it's pretty cool it's called atomic habits and i'm really enjoying it i'm only about two chapters in right now and there's a couple of things that i've i've learned and that are really important um it doesn't matter if you fail uh, that's that's just a part of your journey and, and where you're going. The effort that you're putting in to getting towards your goal is is more important than um, whenever you, you fail at it. So setting goals is, is cool, but the systems and the processes in place to help you develop habits that lead towards those goals are definitely better and I, and I definitely see that you know <laughs> in the fire of working on pdg advertising 
and the times whenever you get really frustrated that you've failed at something, the next time it comes up, you're able, I've been able to navigate it so much better. And maybe not perfectly, but better than the time before. And the next time will be, will be better than that again. And I think that's really, really important. I haven't always seen it this clearly, but anything that we haven't got before as an agency or anything that we haven't done properly as a business or anything that we've messed up or anything we've screwed up is actually fine because it's, we've been able to do it better the next time around. And it's really hard to see that whenever you're in it. Whenever you're in that combat and you're in that fire, it doesn't feel smooth. And oddly, <laughs> whenever you do do something really well, it sometimes doesn't feel that smooth either. Um, you don't notice it. And something that I've noticed is that, and it's really important this, because I've had this phenomenon happening, happen a lot. I've written stuff down as a goal for the agency and for the business. And sometimes they're monetary, sometimes they're about people, sometimes they're about offices, sometimes they're about that, but anything else. And I've written it down and I've set a date for it, like a smart goal, and it hasn't happened on that date. And I've been really annoyed and really, really, really pissed about that. But then a year later, I'll go, oh, I'm actually where I wanted to be a year ago. That's pretty cool. I just needed to wait a little bit. But actually, that's not the case. That's not what's happening. <laughs> whenever, you're, whenever you set a goal and you, you try to get towards it and you fail, the next time it comes up, you're going to be a little bit better. So it might take that extra year or it might take that extra month or it might take that extra two days or something for you to actually meet and be good enough to be where you want to be. And I think that's what's going on. And this book, Atomic Habits, is, is displaying that to me really, really clearly, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, what else did it teach today? Um, yeah, so habits are, are cool. So you don't need to be down, so down yourself for screwing up. So for me, like if you've been listening to the PDG advertising podcast over the past few years or so, um, we're in episode 64 now, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. I can't wait to get to episode 100. And whenever we do, we'll, we'll have some sort of a party. Um, and I appreciate everybody that's listening uh, so far, all, all two of you. <laughs> um, but, but the second thing that I've learned from Atomic Habits is my, my, my thing is weight loss. I'd love to lose some, lump, some weight. And that's really important to me. And I think the trick here is, uh, let's say you have a burger or you overeat or something whenever you're not supposed to. That's not such a bad thing. That doesn't mean that you throw the whole thing away. You just try again next time and try to do it a li little bit better. If you're doing 100 things and you do um, 50 of them right um, one week, and then the next week you've got the same 100 things to do and you do 85% of them right, you've had a much better, you've had a much better week. So trying to do better more often than not is better than not doing better at all. I, I know this all maybe sounds a little bit spacey and a little bit out there, but something's really clicking with me and I really enjoy um, listening to these audiobooks and, and, you know, especially this one by Atomic Habits or by, by I can't remember what the guy's called. It's by, I'll find out. Um, but I'm really enjoying Atomic Habits and yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. So everyone, thanks so much for listening. That was episode 64 of the PDG Advertising Podcast. Here is to many more. This is the first one of my 35th year on this planet. And I look forward to any comments you have in the comment sections on the various places that this is available. Please share it with anybody that you think might be interested in it. And I hope you have a wonderful day, week, year, 
month, whatever it is you're doing ahead. And I will speak to you next time.